Are you happy with your life's decisions? Some of them, perhaps, but what about all of them? What if, by changing your thought patterns, you could manifest a magical, mysterious, and inspired life? Welcome to Sacred Haven Living with host Carolyn McGee. Learn from amazing guests who have taken their lives to a whole new level, along with intuitive wisdom from your host. It's time to live the life you've always dreamed about. Now, here is Carolyn McGee. Hello, everyone. My name is Carolyn McGee, and I am your Sacred Haven Living Guide. Um, Welcome back to Sacred Haven. Last week, we took a virtual tour and learned about so many of the healing portals that are here. And each week, I am going to have um, an expert join in with me to explore a little bit deeper the energy of these healing portals. The beauty of Sacred Haven is that it is a virtual and real world. We are, it's filled with magic. And as we enter these portals, we raise our vibration, we change our energy, we connect differently with the world around us. So um, as last time, and we, we will do this also going forward, let's walk down the sacred path towards the reflection pool. And I do have a special guest who I'm going to announce um, and introduce once we get in there, but I'm going to invite you to come along with me. So let's just walk in between those beautiful trees and gather our virtual circle around the reflection pool. You know, because it doesn't matter if you're listening to this live or you're listening to it later. We are all a virtual community. We are all connected by energy. So just stand around the circle. And if you're comfortable, put your hands out and feel the energy of the person next to you and feel the love that they're sending back to you. And that's what Sacred Haven is all about. It's connection. It's building community, it's creating collaboration, and it's allowing healing on our planet. So let's just take in three deep breaths in through our nose and out through our mouth. So in for one. And two. And three. And now let's go explore Sacred Haven and see what we find. Today, I am thrilled and honored to have my friend Joan Wenquet joining me. We are going to the Animal Heart Connect um, portal, and I will tell you more about Joan and her expertise towards the end of the show. But right now, we're going to learn about animals and how they are connected to us. Hi, Joan. Hello. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. Really grateful to be here. Thank you. You are welcome. It's so fun. I love playing with you anytime I can. Joan has a beautiful farm um, in Southern California where she does teachings. And uh, I've been honored to be there a few times and connect with animals. It's such a gift. So, um, Joan, can you see that big black thing over off to the side, it looks like that might be the direction we need to go. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Awesome. All right. So let's 
just walk down this path and notice the sounds of nature and everything around us. It's so soothing to hear not only the little wind sounds, but the sounds of the animals that share space with us on Mother Earth. And, um, oh, there it is. Look at that. It's a big black cat. Now, Joan knows me, so she's not going to be a bit surprised that the portal for this is, um, looks like my cat, Petey, who's in spirit now. And I love Petey. I know. He's such a beautiful soul and such a beautiful spirit. So let's go over and just see if we can figure out how to open up this portal. Do you see anything that looks like it might be a button or a place where we need to enter? Uh, I see a little rock that needs to be moved out of the way. Ooh, look at that. You're absolutely right. Oh, my God. And it's it's like a heart-shaped and pink, just like the high heart energy. How perfect is that? Let's go move that out of the way and see what happens. Ooh, opening up, opening up through the heart. Fabulous. Are you ready to go inside? Always. I know. You're so much fun to play with, Joan. All right, let's go inside and see what we can find. Mm, it's so peaceful in here. What do you notice around us, Joan? Uh, I notice all kinds of bird life and mm. all kinds of little sounds of animals making nests and being happy and the wind rustling through the bushes, and I notice um, our own animals full of joy. Oh, isn't that wonderful? And I see all of our beloved animals. Um, You see the ones who are in spirit as well as the ones that are still here in physical form with us? Yes, of course. Of course, yes. And one of the things that I'll you know, mention a little bit later about Joan is um, she is the creator of communication with all life. And, you know, Joan, what do you mean by communication with all life? Well, I would say that um, we've all, we all communicate with animals, if you will. Um, all the time and we do that through telepathy whether we know we're doing it or not mm-hmm. And but it also means uh, communication with all life means the plants plant the planet um, mm-hmm. any life form and it, and it doesn't have to be alive at this moment in the way that we in the way that we are breathing and functioning Yeah, and it's so powerful once we understand that. I think people, humans, we can get so wrapped up in, you know, our egos and our energy that we forget that there is spirit, there is energy, there is communication um, available to us all around us if we just stop and listen. I know we've taken... Yeah, you know, you and I have taken some amazing walks um, at your place, and it's like the the trees and the the well, no, not trees, but you know, the the, the small bushes and everything. They seem to vibrate and move, and um, you know, just create energy around us to support the life that lives there. 
Well, and, and there are some trees, but um, <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's its own ecosystem. And I think that's what mm-hmm. um, we forget about, that, that our homes can be an ecosystem too. And so keeping that alive mm-hmm. and harmonious is one of the most important things we can do. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that. I know you and I have have dealt with some grief um, with losing beloved animals. And, you know, that's what really helped me heal was um, remembering what you had talked about creating the ecosystem um, within our homes and that how we need to be the emotional leader and support the energy and have it shift back and forth. But I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. Well, I like to say that... um you know, our household likes to be harmonious, but harmo- harmony, true harmony, isn't just one um, one note, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, yep. it's many notes coming together to create harmony. And when we look at uh, a thermostat, let's say we want the house to stay 70 degrees, but it's 30 degrees outside. When we set the thermostat for 70 no matter what degrees it is outside, whether it's 30 degrees or 110 degrees, the house will maintain at 70. So by being the emotional leader, you're maintaining with and for your animals in this Mm. ecosystem, a sense of harmony so that our animals can uh, be able to be their true and full selves. So maybe, you know, one of them is going to grieve more like maybe you're, your dog is going to grieve the PD disappearing, but, you know, dying, but the other cat might have a little more freedom today. Like, Oh, I don't, you know, I'm not Mm -hmm. being hunted down by PD. Um, And then the next day she might miss him and your dog is like on to brand new smells, but by you giving them space to be whatever they need to be and setting the tone for that, Right. They they can move through their, you know, their worlds, their needs, their mm. feelings, their karma, their their lives um, with us. And by, you know, that sense of harmony is is still always there. And you can set the harmony through intention to saying, I really mm-hmm. need for this household to stay harmonious, even if one is having more tension than the other. And if one needs more attention than the other, yeah. it's, it's still maintained. Yep. Yeah. And that creates a sense of peace for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so powerful. And one of, like I mentioned, it was such a gift to me when I, uh, when I lost PD, uh, when he transitioned was to, to know that there is that sense of balance and, and to, for me to actually be able to visualize that sense of balance and know that, you know, my dog Mac was very lost because Petey was his playmate and yeah. kind of supporting him as he tried to convert the other cat Moon into a playmate. And she's not a playmate type of girl. No. <laughs> so, you know, supporting them as they relearned energetic boundaries and respect for each other. You know, like he really wanted her to fill that void for him because of the grief that he was feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And the grief, really- the grief might show up in a different way. Like for him, he needed that playmate. But for mm-hmm. someone else, they needed that nap mate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so. Yeah. 
everybody's version of it is different. Yep. Yeah, it is. And I've noticed the personalities coming, you know, displaying in a different way with the the energetic void in the house, although I do still see them. But, you know, it's different when they're in spirit versus um, in the physical form. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, you mentioned early t- earlier telepathy, and, you know, I think it's a word that a lot of people have heard, but they don't necessarily know what it means. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's um, telepathy is the transference of pictures, words, and feelings. So it is, um, you know, many of us have had experiences where we've walked in the room and we've felt something from an animal mm. or we've um, been in a very quiet space and we've heard something from an animal even though we've doubted it and then there are times when we've seen pictures animals have shown us pictures but we don't we might not recognize that we got this picture concept or idea from them Mm. and a lot of times also people don't understand that we actually process through pictures and so when we have certain ideas we claim them as our own and often and and i use this very simple concept um as a as an example and that is you know there are so many times that you think oh this minute i'm going to get up over there and walk over there and pick up the leash and take my dog on a walk and meanwhile the dog has been sitting there in the corner going can we go can we go can we go and walk can we go and walk now would be a good time to walk. We could go and walk now. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So we finally get the message, like it penetrates through that thickness called our world. And then, you know, they're like, wow, finally. Um, <laughs> yeah. Finally listening. Little, yeah. She's really slow, but she got it. <laughs> she got it. Just got to keep working with her. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And one of the other things that I, um, is really important about animal communication and you know, really communicating in a way that your animals understand you is to, because we are as humans, even sending out those pictures all the time, right? So we want to talk about what we want them to do instead of what we don't want them to do, because is, there's something energetic about the not piece. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Too? Well, they can't, they, you know, animals um, and plants and even small children <laughs> don't understand grammar. I mean, right. it's really clear. And so, you know, telepathy was our original language, and that's how, not language, it was our original communication. And once mm. we learned language, we lost this subtle way of, of communicating. And so we wouldn't sit there and send a picture to not do something because it's impossible to, to send that picture. So I, I love to give this example. When, if you were to tell your dog to get off the couch and then as you're heading to the other room, you think, oh God, when I go into the kitchen, she's just going to get back on the couch. What do you think you've just sent your dog? Get off the couch, get back on. Mm -hmm. You sent the picture because even when we speak words, we are automatically sending pictures. So we don't know when we speak words 
whether they're really getting the picture. I mean, of course, we know, especially Border Collies, and you have a half Border Collie, <laughs> I will <do>. memorize <laughs> at least 140 words. So we, we got, you know, I mean, it's like a lot of words that, that Border Collies and and a lot of dogs and say my horses and certainly my cats know. So um, they know a lot of words. They would know off or down or leave it. But that whole concept of telling the dog, asking the dog to get off the couch and then picturing immediately at getting back on the couch is what we do all day long. So when we're confused about why our animals are doing what they're doing in our household, we're actually accidentally constantly sending them a mixed message and so when we you know when we say even you and I should be careful about the way in which we speak about <laughs> right. our own lives right because yeah. it's like I don't want to go do that again it's like well they're kind of setting up the picture to do it again because even our own brain doesn't understand how this is working mm-hmm. so what we really want to do is picture and back up with words, the behavior that we want. So instead of saying, don't spook at the garbage can to your horse, you say, oh, look, we're going to walk right by the garbage can. How amazing. Yep. Yeah, it, it is. It's just so powerful. And, you know, that real. and when we get back from the break, um, I want to talk about you know, how we can use that in training, especially dogs. You know, I mean, I, I don't have the other animals that you have, but, you know, there's so many people that live with dogs that are frustrated with the behavior. And I think it's really powerful to help them with that piece of animal communication. Absolutely. Great. So uh, we will be back very shortly. We're going to take a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Sacred Haven Living, Want to find out more about Carolyn McGee and our program? Visit carolynmcgee.com. That's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-C-G-E-E.com. Now, back to Sacred Haven Living. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sacred Haven Living. I am Carolyn McGee, and I am here with uh, my guest, Joan Ranquette, um, animal communicator and energy healer, uh, talking about the best way to support the, those that live in our households. And, you know, I'm specifically talking about my dog. I have a Border Collie Beagle Mix who um, is quite strong in his personality and, um, you know, some of the tips that were, were given to me are, you know, to really focus on, to be the leader, of course, and also to focus on the outcome of what I want versus what my fears are. And I know you've had a lot of experience in this, Joan. You want to talk about it? Yeah, I would love to talk about it. I also want to bring up that, like, when I've, I've stayed with you a lot, you've stayed here a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I remember um, we with Mac, he had similar to um, Delilah, a, a little bit of a, a leash. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I don't call it leash aggression. I love to call it leash exuberance because it <laughs> isn't quite an aggression. It's more of a like, oh my God, I want to play with you, but I don't know what to do. And I'm stuck on this leash. Right. And then yeah. if, if, if not contained, it can go into more of a like, oh my God, I'm going to eat you. But, you know, he, so you and I went on walks that last time where I think he did the best he'd ever done. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. And he's improved so much since then because I've continued the same um, being present and, um, and letting him know, like, not expecting because it had gotten to the point, um, you know, for the people who are new to me, um, I had moved from a home where I had a sick, quiet neighborhood into an apartment complex where there was a lot of other dogs around and he was trying to protect me and he did not know how to deal with all of this new energy around him. And then he and I got into this cycle and circle of building up our anxiety every time we went on a walk. Yeah. And that's so common. And so mm-hmm. let's break down what we did. We, we had yeah. an intention that he was going to be good. Mm-hmm. So we changed the expectation. I'll talk about expectation in a moment. We, um, we walked with, you know, somewhat of a, an authority. Yep. And he never once did any of the shenanigans, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it was really simple, and, but I don't, want people to feel like um oh but I've tried that and clearly I'm a dingling you know so I want to go back to the the what I love to call the law of expectation and I'll share yeah. a story so yeah I had this um beautiful fantastic delightful horse named Raleigh he was like my everything except he did not like to get into a horse trailer and um I was told he did not trailer well so already I have an expectation. So um, he, uh, it got to the, like in the very beginning, I, I lived several places with him. So clearly he did get in a trailer, but um, <laughs> just generally he did the worst things you ever. So I would, if I had a lesson at noon, I was boarding him. Eventually he lived with me, but I was boarding him at a farm. And I wanted to take him to a lesson at a different farm. And it was a half hour drive. But in order to get him to a noon lesson, I left my house at six in the morning because there was going to be a three hour mm-hmm. fight. 
And this was just, I, I built it in because yeah. I expected it. So, and then to go home, he kind of hopped back in the trailer. Now, when I wanted to move to Colorado from Seattle, this was in the year 2000, he got in the trailer. When I wanted to move in 2004, 2000, yeah, from Denver to Florida, he got in the trailer. Four years later, when I wanted to move back to Seattle, he got in the trailer. So, and I moved places within each of those cities. So, he's moved. But he would pick a fight. So one day I, I thought I'm going to train him in case there's a fire or something, some emergency mm. that he will just automatically get in the trailer without a fight. So um, I brought over kind of this horse whisperer dude and he asked me, he said, okay, so what, show me what you do when, when you're going to go to put him in the trailer. I said, okay. So I walked Raleigh toward the trailer and then Raleigh stopped in his tracks and I got a little stronger. And then Raleigh looked at me with his side eye, like, oh no, <laughs> he really bared like down, like I'm not moving forward. <laughs> and so now I'm like trying to pull him. And there's a little, you can hear it, right? And he's doing the whole like, oh, no way, not moving. Now I'm cussing and now he's rearing. And now, you know what I mean? Like this oh, yeah. is normal stuff for a lot of people like no we're gonna do it this way and we don't even realize we're getting into that tug of war not mm -hmm. only physically but energetically with yeah. our animal companions so the the trainer stopped me and um my first book is called communication with all life and it had already come out and so it was pretty embarrassing that i was having this this tussle <laughs> with my horse and the, the guy the guy said, hold on. I said, I know it's bad. I said, you put him in the trailer. So he did. He just like walked him into the, they had a moment. They had a dude moment. They had a like, I'm a guy and I'm a guy. And then finally, Raleigh went, okay, cool. I'll go with you. So um, what I noticed was he stayed very neutral. And that's the other mm -hmm. thing we did on that walk because you and I yeah. were together. You stayed neutral. You weren't going to go yep. into that with Mac. Mm -hmm. So um, the next morning I really visualized, and this is something too, going back to like uh, really creating the behavior that you want. Uh, that argument we're having with our animals is a, a neural pathway. And so if you want to create a new version of this, visualizing the behavior that you want over and over and over again is a really powerful way to create a new neural pathway. So I had... Um, I sat the next morning and really visualized um, after my meditation how I wanted the, him to just walk into the trailer with me. So, you know, after that, the, the trainer got there early and I put the, um, I, I walked out and literally walked him straight into the trainer, trailer. And the trainer said to me, what, what did you do differently? And I said, well, first before, I said, you know, I wrote that book. <laughs> and one of the things in the book was, you know, to sit and visualize. So I, I, I did my own stuff. I visualized and I remained neutral and I was a leader and I just walked him in. And so I created a new expectation. And it's yeah. such a powerful lesson. You know, I can never stop learning 
that lesson. And just recently, yeah. for what it's worth, I had a, um, I, I don't take clients, I'll take old clients, but I don't take new clients at all because I'm a school communication with All Life University. And um, this woman that's been a client for years, a big deal, uh, three-day event trainer, called me saying she has problems and championships were coming up and her the owner of the horse was, you know, thinking this was an Olympic-bound horse and yet this was just not happening. And so I found out why the horse wasn't jumping through the water jump and we did a round of tapping with the horse and then I did a guided meditation of the entire jump course with the horse and the rider that was last the week ago Friday and the horse won everything and the owner thinks she's got an Olympic bound horse. So it, it, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so powerful. It is. And you know, I think that that's part of what the magic of sacred Haven is, is learning those healing tools that we can use in our own life, whether it's with our animals or with ourselves. You know, I know there's a lot of people that are athletes and that are performers in different venues that use that visualization to create what they want versus focusing on what they don't want. And you know, there's a there's a huge power in that. You know, I did that when I moved um, from Massachusetts to North Carolina. You know, I just kept visualizing that it was going to be really easy. That you know, I would find the right movers. That I would have the right support people. That you know, everything I needed would unfold for me. And the only time I ran into a glitch in my entire move was when I got into that fear of what possibly could go wrong. It was, it's just such a powerful, powerful tool to work with, whether it's your, your own visualization in your life you're trying to create or changing a behavior in your animals. Yeah. It's uh, funny that you say that because I, I've had, so as you know, I used to travel a lot. I used to teach yeah. animal communication all over the country and I've taken people on wildlife trips for almost 10 years. And um, but one thing that happens before a trip, and you know this, suddenly there's 90,000 tasks instead of just mm-hmm. 7,000 tasks a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, wait, why am I taking this to the dry cleaner today? I could have done this last week, but for some reason, the day before a trip, you're like in panic mode and doing 10,000 more things. And so what I, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'll never get packed. Right? Like you get up all up in your head. So my biggest thing is I just always picture myself in my seat on my flight, which means everything had to have been done yeah, in order to get to that seat. So I always go to the outcome. Like, ah, I'm in my seat in the plane. And I just buckled my little buckle, you know, and that's, that's what I do. Anytime I have a trip is I just go immediately to that. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I was doing when I was driving down here. You know, I, I was driving a 15 foot U-Haul that had all of my like really important things in it. And, you know, um, it was, for me, it was, the energy of seeing where I was going and and what was sacred to me. You know, I think a lot of the energy of Sacred Haven, this magical community that we're creating here is 
understanding your priorities. You know, your priority was to have an easy trip and to see yourself on that plane knowing everything was complete. And then this particular example for me, it was getting me and my animals and, you know, my heirloom plants, <laughs> which because we'll have an animal, we'll have a, a nature uh, show coming up here. And, and, you know, and having those few pieces from my family, the few antiques that I have that are really important to me. It was visualizing driving through the mountains easily and effortlessly. It was visualizing, you know, that I could easily get into the house at whatever time we happened to arrive here and that the movers were going to show up easily and effortlessly. And, you know, I belong to a couple of Facebook groups here in Asheville and the horror stories that people put out there about moving and the movers and the things that got broken. And like, I had no issues. I had not a single issue because I focused on what I wanted the outcome to be. Yeah. And that, and it, yeah. that we can do with our animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, we absolutely yeah. can. Yeah. yeah. And in even moving here, you know, I continued the same thing. It's a new environment. There's, you know, there's a lot of outdoor cats <laughs> here in my neighborhood. Um, you know, there's dogs that live um, in the backyards and I had to retrain myself <laughs> for what my energy was going to be on our walks with Mac and let him know what he could react to and what not, what not to react to. And he's he's been doing just amazing. It's it's a lot of fun that's now awesome. to go for yeah 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 yep yeah and that's, of, it's just it too it's like creating it it's also what are you expecting and what do you hope to feel like what I always hoped to feel on the airplane was just complete relief mm, yeah relief that I had it all done mm-hmm. you know and what I pictured on walks with my dog was that it's joyful yeah. 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 There's so much power in that. And I think also keeping in mind and, you know, I'm kind of jumping into a a slightly different uh, topic here, but, you know, having an expectation when you're working with your, with your animal doesn't take away their free will. And, you know, I'd love to kind of move into that a little bit, Joan, because, you know, there, there's still personalities they're, they have yeah. their own lives. They have, you know, their own quirks in life. And, you know, I think one of the huge um, aspects of animal communication that I've seen with clients is they'll say, will you tell them such and such? And I'm like, you know, I'll tell them, but, you know, they still have free will. And the odds are, unless they really want that or there's a benefit for them, they may not change whatever it is that's making you crazy. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, it's like, I can, it would be like me walking up to somebody on the corner and saying, Hey, quit smoking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just quit smoking. You can right. do it. You know, I am nothing in the scheme of things. I was simply a translator for a moment as the animal communicator. It's mm-hmm. up to the person to shift their energy also yep. to be able to create the opening for that new behavior to be there. And we also have to understand who they are. So what I always like to say is that animals have their own souls, their own trajectory, their own karma, their own life journey, their own 
path and like a husband or a wife or a kid or a cousin, they are here in our lives with us and our, um, our journey together is, uh, can be um, reflected with each other or it can be life lessons or it can simply mm-hmm. be companionship. And yeah. we are part of setting up for them their best life as stewards mm-hmm. here on the planet so that yeah. they can complete their karma and do their, do their thing. Um, it's, you know, as much, when we can make it as much about them as it is about us, um, it's a much better thing. So that gives them an opening, accepting that they've got free will and understanding that um, I'll give you a really good example. Um, we, I, I was working with Ellie at the gentle barn and, and Ellie's gone through my whole program. And so in the advanced animal communication, we talked to two of her horses and to give you a little background on this, um, one of the herd, one of the top herd horses had just died. And mm. so it, she had to like then turn horses out together that she, you know, that, you know, she's kind of reconfiguring her herd, if you will. Yep. And one of them is blind and one of the horses is blind and the other horse had been her caretaker, but he was always with the mean girls, if you will. So she, we, we communicated with one of the mean girls and the blind horse. And afterwards, instead of saying, oh, I could tap on this, I could work with them, I could put them back together. She realized even more, nope, I'm going to find a different alternative for the blind horse. I'll put her with the donkeys. So animal communication can really bring us supporting our animals in a way that wasn't how we'd hoped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I think that authentic communication without expectations is so powerful. You know, before I really trusted myself with the animal communication, um, I had just gotten PD and, you know, he came out of an animal hoarding situation and he was afraid. You know, he just he he was kind of trying to figure out how to survive and thrive in a new environment where he wasn't overcrowded. And so he pushed his boundaries a lot. And um, my daughter uh, was terrified of cats. She had been scratched as a child by um, an ant's cat. So she so we had two fearful energies (laughs) in my Mm -hmm. household. And, um, you know, I worked with another animal communicator because it was before um, I knew you. And I said, just tell him that we love him and we want him to be happy, but he's scaring my daughter. Like, can you explain this? And like, just having that visual for him of what he was doing with his behavior allowed the two of them to kind of get a little bit closer each time to the point where they were inseparable. And she got, you know, she would wear them like a rag doll over her shoulder and, they really worked together to overcome the fears that they had out in life. It was 
but it, it wasn't a, you need to do this. It was a, this is the result of your behavior. Do you want to live life differently? And I'll never forget it. And my daughter still talks about it. It's like 12 years later. It's just absolutely amazing. Well, you know, I always say, I love energy healing so much. I wrote a book <laughs> called Energy Healing for Animals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the, my favorite modality is animal communication because if you think about what happened there, everybody was heard. And yeah. so truly listening is one of the most healing things on the planet. Mm-hmm. There's, it is the most healing thing on the planet. You know, and so then we can add in other modalities, but listening to someone, truly listening to them and letting them listen to each other, just it, it like it collapses the, the scenario and, it, you know, can only be reconfigured from there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so powerful because my, my daughter desperately wanted to love on him but she was afraid and you could see that he desperately wanted to engage because he's curious. Um, I mean, highly curious more than the average cat, uh, but he was afraid. So listening to everyone and, you know, allowing them to feel safe to kind of express their own self. Like I really had to set a boundary with my daughter too. You know, if if he comes, you know, don't jump on him, (laughs) give him a little bit of space. So it was like this, collective realigning of everything that uh, was just so incredibly powerful. Yeah. So powerful. So, yeah, it was, and, and, and seeing the shift, I think that, you know, it, I think that's, what's so important about, communicating with with all life, uh, as you mentioned, Joan, that we're communicating with our animals, we're communicating with our loved ones, we're communicating with our own energy, and, you know, trying to understand that all. And there's a healing that goes very deep with that. And, you know, I, I don't think people necessarily understand that. So I'm hoping that those of you out there who are listening um, to Sacred Haven Living can integrate that in, into um, to use that in your own energetic changes, right? I mean, we're, we're never too old to change. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And to learn, you know, I think one, uh, you know, to keep the balance between our own energy and those that we live with, whether they're animal commun- uh, p- companions or, you know, family to, have that give and take and authentic listening. Uh, and uh, authentic listening is truly key to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's the key to this whole portal is authentic listening to, to yourself, to your animal com- companions, because you can see when the, you look in their eyes, right? that they're, they're getting it or they're not getting it. You know, my own dog, the way he lets me know that I'm not being clear, whether it's I'm not clear energetically or my words and my energy isn't matching, he tilts his head. He's like, what are you saying over there, lady? And then the moment he does that, I know <laughs> that 
I need to take a couple of deep breaths, clear my own energy, clear all this mind chatter, and be more clear with what I am trying to communicate to him. Yeah, horses, I, I rode this morning, and horses definitely are instant feedback loops, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do one thing this way, and they're like, well, you wanted me to step sideways. It's like, no, I was just adjusting my ankle. But, um, yeah, you, you just have to be so clear. But with, um, yeah, you're lucky that you've got that feedback with him because my, mm-hmm. you know, Abby just stares blankly at me, whether I'm clear or not. So I have zero <laughs> feedback there. Yeah. No, I, he's very expressive. And I am very grateful because he has helped me really refine my my own animal communication skills, you know, which is great for me and great for my clients to you know, to really be able to understand when I'm not being 100% clear so that I can make that little pivot in my own energy or in what I'm sending or what I'm receiving too, to have a deeper understanding of it all. Yeah, it's really important. And that, that goes also, you know, whether it's the challenge that you had with the expectation mm-hmm. or... Uh, when things are good, I mean, to me, our the ecosystem we create is a constant biofeedback loop for us to understand what we're doing. And when we're in that law of expectation and it's not going well, we're, you know, it's like the infinity sign. It's like, well, he did this. Well, I'm going to do that. And he did this and I'm going to do that. And often it can escalate, but yeah. either way, it's not going to go anywhere until you as the human break the pattern and um, and we say, okay, I, I'm going to be the emotional leader here. I'm going to do something different. But um, uh, on the flip side of that is it can also be a great biofeedback loop of that. We do, we have figured out the harmony. I mean, one thing that people always say to me is, um, you know, they, they sleep really well in my guest room. They love coming here. They like how peaceful it is. And that's, um, you know, something that we work hard here to con- to create in the household. Um, yeah. And, you know, every now and then there's, a, you know, a moment, if you will, between animals <laughs> that um, yeah. is less than harmonious, but in one second it's shifted. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be. And that's a really wonderful thing to think about with animals too. If you, um, Mark Beckoff calls it wild justice. He always says that, you know, animals really forgive and move on quicker than we do. So let's say two puppies are tussling, two wolf pups are tussling, and one grabs the ear a little harder and the other one squeals, and then the other one kind of bites back a little harder. And that one is like, oh, that's it. You know, and they seem mad and they they step away and they go their own way. In like four minutes, they're like, hey, you want to play? Yeah, let's play. And they're back at it again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when we treat our household like that, that it's just like a momentary let's step away if we see two. I mean, as long as it's not animals fighting to the death. But when we see animals having a moment, like I will often just um, step them away from each other and then bring them back into the space. And, you know, knowing that they've, you know, that they, they don't, Forgiveness isn't a big process and there isn't a priest and, you know, it's, it's right. done in a minute. 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, Joan, thank you so much for being with me and spending um, this time here in Sacred Haven. Unfortunately, it's time to start our way out. Wow. Um, I know it goes by so quickly. But before um, we do that, before we leave and close the the portal here, I just wanted to let people know a little bit more about you. So Joan Rinquette is an animal communicator, TEDx speaker, uh, Hay House author, educator, and animal energy healer. She has communicated with animals professionally for over 25 years, led communication with All Life University for 12 plus years, and is connected with animals personally for as long as she can remember. Joan and her university have served hundreds of thousands of animal lovers, trainers, conservationists, and vets using the most impactful animal communication tools, energy healing modalities, and teachings worldwide. You can visit um, www.joanrenquette.com to get connected. So, Joan, is there anything else that you'd like to tell people? Do you have a free gift? Do you um, have a Facebook group? Do you have something that you would like to offer people to stay in contact with you? Yeah, I do have a free gift. Um, I have a meditation, and I also communication with all life meditation. And I also have um, a um, Facebook group called Learn to Communicate with Animals with Joan, and it's a lot of fun in there. And we have, um, I have a Facebook Live every Tuesday, and lots of um, ways to start communicating with animals and ways to um, start doing energy healing with animals. And we also have lots of classes coming up. So awesome. Well, I, yeah, that is fabulous. So let's just start our journey back towards our circle so that we can close and move on out of here. Um, so let's walk outside of, um, the Animal Heart Connect portal. And uh, I'm just going to scoot that rock back over and allow it to close up until the next time. One of the things that has been so beautiful for me exploring Sacred Haven and Sacred Haven living is every time you go into a portal, you go in at a slightly higher vibration. You go in at a, you go in with more knowledge. And, you know, it's kind of like life, right? You may learn the same lesson or go through the same experience, but every time you do go in and come back out again, you have a slightly higher vibration and it's pretty amazing. A lot of fun. So let's just walk back over towards the reflection pool. And I notice off the, to the side there that there is a big golden glow. It's like a gold pink glow. And I think that that is our healing through the heart portal where we are going to be going next week. I will be here with uh, Margaret Lynch Rainier and we will be talking about healing through the heart and really understanding the energy and what resistance we may have in our bodies that prevent us from fully stepping into our hearts. So fun things coming up next week. Okay. So again, let's just gather around our reflection pool. And open ourselves up to gratitude. You know, gratitude for this sacred journey that we've taken together. Uh, Gratitude for uh, 
um, learning more about our animals, gratitude for understanding how to be an emotional leader in our own homes, gratitude for realizing, or maybe it's a remembering. It's, you know, it's something that we all know, but we sometimes forget that the world is the home for all of us. You know, it's the home for our animal companions, whether they're the ones that live in our home or the ones that live in our backyards or live in a different continent. You know, it's, they all are critical to the world to the energy that we live in, to the um, connection that we have, you know, to the balance. It's not just a physical balance that, that you know, the different animals engage in, in different ways, but it's also the emotional balance, the spiritual balance, how we connect and how we value all life. So as we stand around this reflection pool and just give gratitude for all of that information, I invite you to open up your mind to possibilities. You know, maybe be like my dog, Mac, and tilt your head a little bit and look at your environment. Look at those around you. Look at your own heart and your own energy with a slightly different perspective. You know, how can you be more of service to the world? How can you be more of service to those in your home? How can you open your heart more compassionately to all of us who live on this earth? What can you possibly shift in your own energy so that you're magnetizing in more of what's important to you? I know those are a lot of questions, <laughs> and uh, I'd love to hear some of your answers. If you are on Facebook Live with me, feel free to comment, and I will um, get back in there and do that. Or you can message me through um, through Sacred Haven Living on voiceamerica.com. You, know, you can send me a message, and I will get back to you. I would love to hear what your perspectives, what your ahas are, and you know, what is, has been important to you. And if you would like to learn more about creating your own sacred haven, I would love to hear from you also. Let's have a conversation and see whether or not I might be a good guide or coach to support you in your own healing journey, creating your own magical world of sacred haven and living more empowered in your life. So thank you all for joining me and I will see you next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for tuning in this week to Sacred Haven Living. Please join Carolyn McGee again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Next week, more on creating your better life.